My name is Jeff Lerner, and I interview elite performers from a wide range of disciplines, entrepreneurs, athletes, celebrities, scientists, artists, and more. This is Unlock Your Potential. Welcome to another episode of Unlock Your Potential. It's your host, Jeff Lerner. Always so excited to get to be back with you, having incredible conversations with incredible human beings. Today, I am joined by one such incredible human being, Dr. Alok Trivedi, aka Dr. Rewire. He is a media personality, um, primarily an expert in health and human behavior, uh, used to be in actual healthcare, sold his medical practice, and has spent the last 27 years studying the brain. He's a coach to pro athletes. Uh, his systems are used by Fortune 500 companies. He's been featured all over the media, CBS, Fox News, NBC, and so forth. Uh, works off of drrewire.com and has his own YouTube channel. And most importantly, he's here on our show right now to cut the bullshit. That's what he does. <laughs> I know him well enough to know that he actually does it too. He doesn't just say it. Dr. Trevetti, I'm so glad you're on the show, man. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, man. This is gonna be a lot of fun. It is. It is like we are so we are so, we are not only so aligned, you and I, but what you do is exactly what I try to bring to my audience, which is the no bullshit. What does it really take to produce outlier success and results in this world off the beaten path as an entrepreneur or a creator or somebody that's doing something that isn't lame, basically? So I'm glad you're here, man. Um, yeah, why no, don't you, I, I agree. If you would, and, and, and for context, uh, Dr. Trevetti and I have some have kind of a running start here because I was on his show, what was that, maybe a month ago? Something like that, yeah. Um, so I'm really just viewing this as a continuation of that conversation. I felt like we, we totally hit it off and we're totally aligned. Um, but I would love it if you wouldn't mind, sort of take us back to, I guess, your, your, your backstory, you know, how you got into healthcare and, and then how you kind of got formally out of healthcare and into what you're doing now. Well, I'm Indian, so that was kind of like by default. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. It <laughs> <laughs> was a default. I kind of had to go into healthcare. Healthcare or 7-Elevens, that's kind of my, my thing, right? <laughs> but um, no, in all seriousness, um, you know, I wanted to go into healthcare. I was in physical therapy school, and actually I wanted to go off into medical school, but, I, you know, I, I didn't find that path. I, I ended up in chiropractic school, mm. and it was such a great opportunity. So I didn't go into the traditional path of medicine. I actually found myself in chiropractic school because I wanted to understand a little bit more of how things worked and from a holistic standpoint. And I know chiropractors, you know, over the years have gotten, you know, different raps and perceptions and it's all nonsense, really. It's, it truly is. Chiropractors are, are doctors of the brain and neurology. They're not back pain doctors, they're not neck pain doctors, about brain and neurology. And, you know, I started with this whole thing where I was a failing PT student and I listened to a Tony Robbins set and it changed, of course, the way I functioned. I said, how does this work? How does this take place? And I wanted to understand human performance at that level. And so I found myself in chiropractic school, did went into that, and then I found myself in business and practice and went well with that. And I started working there and built a successful practice, one of the biggest in the country. And I was lucky enough to have that opportunity. But then I found patients. Actually, real quick, I don't want to gloss yeah. over that. Cause like, I mean, I have a chiropractor. He's really, he's super smart. He's great. I'd, I'd way rather go see him than my doctor. And he fixes me right up. And he's got like one office. He's mm -hmm. successful, but like, you, you, I just want to make sure people didn't miss that. You were a badass entrepreneur. You weren't just a good chiropractor. You built a massive business. We did. And, you know, it, you know the average chiropractic income is about $80,000 a year, eighty dollars to $120,000. That's the average of what they walk away with. We were doing, you know, a million dollars over my first year in business. Like, it okay. was, 
I rocketed right out. And we were doing 1,250 patient visits after 14 months in the game. And the systems, the organization, the business processes, everything that it took to build that complemented kind of who I was psychologically, but I needed to enforce that in practicality, right? And that's what it comes down to in entrepreneurship. You need to be able to take whatever's going on psychologically and then bring it into the material reality of organization, structure, management, all these different things. Mm -hmm. And um, so I did really well with that. And then I started piecing things together and I started having patients who came in and the patients kept on asking me the same questions at certain patterns. And I started figuring out how their brains worked. And I started seeing those patterns show up in their body. For example, like every February 3rd, patients would come in about, you know, money problems. And they'd say their back problems, back problems, back problems. I'm like, why does their back hurt? Every February 3rd. And I started piecing it together. And I'd find out that February 2nd, they're having conversations and arguments the night before with their wife about the mortgage payments, right? And then, bam, that's where it triggered. And I started realizing mm. that the brain and the body were connected. I always knew that. But it, how were they connected? And I started devising tools and techniques and modalities to help people relieve and maybe and I wouldn't say I just say heal help themselves out of these situations and then all of a sudden it started becoming an entire system and then entrepreneurs would come to me then you know different business people around the community would come to me and then I started getting referred into you know corporations and I started speaking about it and then now it's uh, Dr. Rewire and now I help people from all walks of life and primarily entrepreneurs CEOs celebrities rewire the way they think so that they can move forward and move these patterns out of where they're at right now. And this is, is this what I think is called, you call it the aligned performance process? Is that what you're it's referring to? It's actually the Trivedi process. It's just Trivedi process. Okay. Yeah, the Trivedi process. There's 92 different modalities that I use to rewire people's brains. And so I rewire them right on the spot. It's an anti-therapy approach, right? It's like therapy takes a long time. It takes a lot of work and I'm not taking anything away from therapy. It's very valuable, especially in today's world. But my modalities I use, I can help people rewire things in 15 minutes. Um, depression gone in 10 to 12 minutes. Anxiety gone in... 20 minutes and it's just the because once we find the core cause of these problems you can change them and as an entrepreneur you, i don't know if people realize this jeff but 72 percent of entrepreneurs deal with mental health disorders we just don't call it that we call it stress we call it frustration and our solution to it is we got to grind it out and work harder the more harder the harder we work the more successful we become it's actually a psychological disorder and a neurosis that we have in our brains but we just tend to work harder. And the problem is, is it also leads to the number one cause of death in the U.S. for entrepreneurs, which is heart attacks and heart cardiovascular issues. So we've got to be careful of how we as entrepreneurs are dealing with stress as we move forward into this, you know, the, 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 next, the next few years, because I think it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, so that's interesting. I'm, I'm really excited to, to have this conversation, and, and I'm, I'm going to use myself as sort of a guinea pig for purposes of the conversation sure. because I'm selfish and I love getting free advice. And, uh, and I just invite people on my show because it's cheaper than hiring them as a consultant, you know, so. um, <laughs> why not? <laughs> but no, seriously, like, I mean, you're, you're right. Like I, I, I entrepreneurship is a, is a liquid that'll fill every available bit of space in the glass. Right. Yeah, and it is, I have to tell myself constantly. I mean, I took two days off last week to take my wife to Vegas and didn't look at my phone for two days. So it was uh, on Valentine's, February 14th and 15th. And it was the first two days I took off this year. So I had worked for whatever that is, 44 consecutive days. 
and I'm a successful entrepreneur. I'm not even in like yeah. bootstrap startup mode. I could, you know, it's just, you just get so into it and you lose yourself in it. Um, so I, I want to, anyway, I, I'm just, I, I, you know, as we go forward in the rest of the conversation, I'm going to, I'm, I'm kind of, I hope you don't mind if I sort of use myself to like apply what you're talking about. Um, but, well, but let, you let talk me challenge that just for a second. If that's yeah, go right. ahead. Because, <clears throat> you know, this is a, it, it's the taping of this. It's what, February the 22nd, right? You know, two, two, 22 is what it is. Yeah. yeah. And I have, I, I haven't had a weekend off since mid-December. Okay. Okay. And I've gone the same way and I haven't stopped either, but there's a difference between doing a business for the purpose of an outcome of income and doing a business that you're actually inspired by doing. There's a yeah. vast difference in the two, right? And when you're doing something, and I know this about you, because you love what you do, you're going to continue to do it. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is when you have entrepreneurs and business owners who are doing something for the outcome, which is just income, right? Mm -hmm. When it's just for money that you're doing something, it's going to actually deteriorate your health. It's actually going to increase your cortisol levels, make you gain weight. You're going to need alcohol. You're going to need sugars. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to need motivation to keep you going. But when you do something like yourself or myself, who's inspired by doing what we're doing, right? You don't have to force us. This energy is not manufactured. There's no coffee. There's no five-hour shots of energy here. This right. is just real, right? That's a type of energy that happens, that comes from the inside, from what I call an inspired state. So an inspired entrepreneur is different than just a, a, an income-producing entrepreneur, right? If you're just grinding it out to be an entrepreneur, I'm going to tell you right now that your business is going to have struggles. If you're an inspired entrepreneur, more focused on the client on the other side, focused yeah. on what you're doing and how you help them, then what's going to happen is you're going to have your altruism of giving and their narcissism of receiving come together and you're going to feel fulfillment in the transaction between the two. And that is not where you stop working. That's where you're going to feel more energized to continue to build, grow, just like you have over the course of your entrepreneurial career. Man, it's so true what you're saying. I feel more energized like the like like what tires me out is taking time off oh yeah yeah and 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 i have a great a great marriage and great kids and i love them and but like i you know give me a day and we're good and then like dad's gonna go do his work in the world and make his impact so that he feels charged up to come back home and like i don't know i just the the day in day out of without work. I, I don't know. Maybe that's, I, I guess, what do you say to somebody? Cause I mean, I know we're the, I know we're the, we're the minority. Uh, we're, we're what everybody wants, but most people, they, they, they aren't there where it's like just waking up every day. I can't wait to get after it. I love it. And I, it's five o'clock. I don't want to stop. Um, what do you, what, how do you approach people that are caught in the, in the mentality of, of the, you know, chasing the outcome of income, as their primary driver not i mean obviously that's a secondary driver like you always want to make money but if that's where their head is at and their heart is at and it's and it's wearing them out where do you start with them well first thing i would tell anybody and i always recommend the first thing you got to do is you got to understand your true identity your neurologic based identity not something you just made up your identity and your values your life already dictates your life already demonstrates your actual values you just don't know how to make money with it right for example Right. You were in the education business. We're both in the right. education space. Right. My number one value by far, my identity as a teacher. Like I love to speak and teach and I help people to get healthier and live a life that's truly inspiring to them. That is my number one thing I love to do. 
And if I can help people get more of that, I'm jacked. And I have a process and a science to make it happen, not just something like I'm just going to motivate somebody just by yelling at them. That's not it, right? But we have a science to this. So if you're looking at it and saying, I'm just doing it for the money or I'm just in that limbo state, first thing you got to figure out is what is your true identity and what are your real values? When you get that, then you can understand why you make decisions. I'll give you an example to make sense of this. I had a client one time. He's making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, good income, you know, for what he was doing. And he'd been in the business 22 years. He was a little bit burned out. And I said, look, you're, you're fantastic at what you do. You're one of the best in your industry. A couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Great. Congratulations. It's amazing. I said, but the reality is, is this, is that you have everyone telling you how to think. And everyone's telling you and teaching you this is how you're supposed to think. You're supposed to get up at five in the morning. You're supposed to get up at two and do all these affirmations. You're supposed to do The reality is this, is that when you're done trying to think like everybody else, you come to me and you find out, and I'm going to teach you why you think the way that you do. Because you think the way that you do for a specific reason designed for your specific brain. And when you figure that out, then the principle begins to change. Then the answers start showing up differently. Because now you're not trying to be somebody else and you can actually be authentic to who you are. And the first step of that is to discover your values and identity in that process. When you get that, you won't judge yourself. Like for example, if I judge myself, today for saying, you know what, I I'm, I'm, I'm want to be a, um, a Baskin-Robbins owner. You know, I want to open a bunch of Baskin-Robbins franchises. That's what I want to do. It would be so incongruent to my soul, to who I am, to what I am on the inside, right? I'm a health guy. Like, that's what I do. I'm a human performance guy. But let me go open a business giving people sugar and frozen treats so people can gain obesity. Like, it's so incongruent to who I am. But I, someone can sit and say, here's a business opportunity. You can make right. lots of money. I can get excited. And could I do it? Yes, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to burn me down. And I'm going to cause stress and anguish inside of myself because of it. Instead, if I opened, you know, like a bunch of gyms, for example, right. I'd have a different response completely. You know, it's so interesting you say that in, um, <clears throat> inside of Entra and our, my, my education company, we have these like different pathways that we, we, you know, expose people to, we don't, we try, we have a process where we try to let them choose, not just tell them what to do, but you know, and there's a variety of them, but two of them in particular are one of them is affiliate marketing, which mm -hmm. is like, you know, for anybody that doesn't know, it's basically like the referral business, right? Like you, you just, you find other people's stuff and you refer people to their stuff and you get commission, like referral commissions basically, right? Sure. Like I could be an affiliate of Dr. Chivetti, and if my audience went and bought your widget, then you might send me $5, right? Sure. Um, and then we have another path that is called the knowledge business, which is like, like you and I are in the knowledge business, right? It's like, take what you know, take what you're passionate about, create content around it and create, ultimately create products or services around it. And what's interesting is of the affiliate business and the knowledge business, they're like 95% the same business. Because you're still producing content, you're still building an audience, you're still, you know, uh, cultivating authority and respect with your audience and delivering them products and services. It's just, is it your thing or is it someone else's thing, right? And psychologically, 90% of the people that are sort of considering between these two paths in our community, they go with affiliate because they don't, they don't see them, they don't, they don't have the confidence to think of themselves as a creator of the products or services. And then inevitably six months later, they're frustrated 
And yeah. some of them, a lot of them, they're like frustrated. Like I'm not, it's not clicking. I'm not getting traction. And what we help them realize is it's because you're so focused on selling other people's stuff instead of really figuring out who you are and focusing on what you're passionate about and yep. letting it come from that. It's because you should have been in the knowledge business, but you, you lacked the confidence and that's why you're frustrated. And as soon as they make that switch, they catch fire because, what, because of what you're saying, they, they finally get congruent. And, and then that's why I say that, you know, there's all these programs, books, you know, we've talked about confidence for thousands of years, but I'm going to, I'm going to say something and this is really how it works. Confidence is a byproduct of loving yourself. It really is a confidence is a byproduct of knowing who you are and being congruent with your daily actions to who you are. That's it. Because when you're in your highest value and your highest identity, confidence will exude off of you. Mm -hmm. You can't stop it inside of that. But if you're doing something that you're not great at, something that you don't value, something that you're not in, that's not your identity, you're going to be weak and scared and intimidated and you're going to judge yourself to everyone else who's better. If I went into a... a, a, a bakery and tried to bake a bunch of cupcakes, I would be extremely insecure, right? Extremely right. insecure. But if I went into a classroom and started talking about, you know, self-inspired entrepreneurship, man, I could do that all day long from a neurologic health basis. I could do that forever. And I would have complete certainty in who I am and what I'm saying. That's the secret to authenticity. It's actually defined. They did a scientific study and they showed that someone was authentic when they, what they're saying is actually congruent with what they believe. And when those two things align, they're completely authentic. And the vibration, the frequency of the individual is at its highest level. So, so let's talk to this. This is, this is so like tangible and val and, and, and a, a practically applicable for people. So you have, we live in a world right now, there's tens of millions of people that are burned out on their jobs. We had this whole great resignation thing. People are looking for alternate paths. They all, I think, I think the memo's kind of gotten out that like for most people, just having a job, a nine to five, like that, that, that grind is not leading to the promised land the way maybe they were told when they were in college, sure. right? Like they're not, I mean, financially, even if it's just about money, it's like you're probably not ever going to be able to retire. Even if you have a six-figure job now, you're probably not gonna be able to retire. Yeah. Oh, comfortably. So, so there's a lot of people that are kind of rife for this conversation of like, oh, there's what's the alternate path. And, and inevitably what they do, like you're saying, they go to a, like a franchising trade show, or they, they go on franchise.com or, you know, they come to Entra. There's like, they start looking and they find all these different business opportunities, like a Baskin Robbins or a pest control franchise or a tutoring franchise. And I think what you and I are saying is it's not about finding the right opportunity. It's about finding what's congruent and what lights you up inside and then finding a way to make money with that or finding an opportunity that aligns with that. So how do you steer people? Like what's your practical experience, if, if any, with, with trying to steer people in this direction? Because you know, we both know the vast majority of people, they end up in business opportunities that statistically don't work out and that statistically don't make them happy at least the first time. So like, how do we help people get it right the first time? 
I think the number one thing, and, and I hate to sound like a broken record with it, but it, it's knowing your identity and knowing your values. When you know your values, you'll understand why you make the decisions you do. I'll give you an example of this. Right? I'm going to use me as an example just as context because mm -hmm. I can only talk about myself. Well, actually, and I'll use another one. I have a lady. I remember um, I, I did my value determination process at one point, and I shared with her. She came to my seminar, and she was sitting there, and she's like, Dr. Trevetti, I don't need to do this work. I already know my values. It's God, family, business. I said, that's fantastic. I love that. I think that's, the fact that you know that is amazing. But please do me a favor. Go ahead and just fill out this the form anyways. If you know it, then you should, this should reinforce it, everything you're saying. Right. right? She said, yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. So she goes and does it. And she's the last one done. And she's sitting in the back of the room, Jeff. And she's like just her eyes down and she has her hand on her head. And she's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, what happened? And she's like, business family, and God are not even in my top five values. I said, really? Tell me about that. She's like, first, it's something like, you know, hanging out with her friends. <laughs> and then second was like watching TV. Third was, you know, taking care of her elderly mother or something like that. And it was completely different. And mm -hmm. I said, so let me ask you a question. I said, how's your business? And she's like, what business? She's like, there's no business. Like, she's like, I have to work as a teacher, and I'm pretending to be in business. And she goes, I haven't done anything in my business in the last four months, but I say I'm a business owner. And this is where I have a problem with a lot of these business opportunity things out there, right? Mm -hmm. Is that you're not in entrepreneurship if you're not making money, in my opinion. This is the way I look at it, right? And I said, so what about your family? And she's like, well, my mom. She was like, but I don't see my kids. And, you know, God, I said... What about spirituality? She goes, I haven't been to church in seven years. I said, so what your life is real, your true values are your life demonstrates. Right. But we project these ideas of other people as to say this is what we are. And here's, here's the kicker. Is our judgment towards our values is the number one thing, in my opinion, that destroys your health because it causes you more stress. So the first thing you've got to do is you've got to know what the actual values are, what's real for you. What do you get up in the morning and do and get excited to do? It's Tuesday. It's teaching day for me. So I get jacked up, excited for Tuesday teaching day. That's what I do. Yeah. And I'm excited about it. I'm sure that's the way you are. And every person, if you do what it is that excites you, that's your highest value on a day-to-day -day basis, you will move your brain to a place of order, organization, and balance, which will help your health and vitality and energy just skyrocket. So... I think what I'm hearing you say is that a lot of us, we th our, our values, what we think our values are what we think they're supposed to be. Yeah. But really, there's something else that just are what they are. That's right. We, and, we, we take on the word supposed to. As long as we say, my values are supposed to be this, that's somebody else's values. That's not your we, own. We should, as I've heard it said, that we, we should all over ourselves. Like, that's, oh, right. they that's another way of saying it. We should so, ourselves, we're supposed to ourselves, all these are different vernaculars, but they're accurate. So, so that's interesting. So, so what is your pro? So you have a, a formal process for helping people figure out what their actual values are. I do. I do it in my program. I have a three-day program because it takes me a little while to go through it. Mm -hmm. It takes you know, a good 45, 15 minutes to go through the whole thing. But I take the entire group and I take them through the value determination process and the identity in this program that I do. And um, it's a three-day program and it's, we rewire pieces, components, and you get clarity on who you are, and you walk away 
as when you rewire the whole system and you walk away just knowing who you are and you walk away understanding this is why I've been making these decisions my entire life. Like if you're a mom, like this is in your world, I would bet this is something that's big because entrepreneurs, especially young entrepreneurs deal with this, is that someone who's a mother who wants to be in business and there's a tear between guilt of trying to be a mom and trying to be in business at the same time and what it takes to be in business. Mm -hmm. And you judge yourself based on that. So what we do is I help you realize, is your real value motherhood or is it really business? And then you, I help you rewire that so it doesn't create that anguish and that chaos that you go through. Because you're saying that, that you, there's inevitably this tension between what your real value is and what you think it should be. Correct. You think it's supposed to be, and you think, oh, I'm supposed to be a mom. It's noble to be a mom. And then you deeply love, actually, you really love business. doesn't mean you don't love your kids, but in terms of, and then you, you end up feeling ashamed. And so you sabotage and you live in constant, you know, fight or flight, basically, at war with constant yourself. fight or flight, but it's not sabotage. It's actually you destroy in order to get what you really want. This whole idea of self-sabotage is not really neurologically sound. It, it, you destroy what you want, what you've created to get what it is you ultimately value. And I've seen this happen a million times over where people will sit and say, you know, they'll, they, they, they'll go make $200,000 a year and then they come back down to 100. And I call that the sabotage factor of 100,000. The reality is, is that you made that one time, but you weren't willing to sustain what it took to create at that level. So you brought it back to what's your normal level of frequency, your normal level of, of comfort. We call that sabotage, but it's not sabotage. It's really just where your normal level is. You had a moment of, of glee inside of it, right? But then you lose it. So it's not really sabotage from the way that I look at it, at least the way that I, the, the neurology supports it. So you're saying that essentially it's not sabotage. It's just an organism doing what it needs to, to return to its homeostasis based 100%. on where it wants to be. And it's interesting you say that I think about myself and it's funny how we will, we'll destroy what we've created in order to create the space for what we want to create. What we really ultimately want. Yeah. So, right, here's so how the, do you go ahead? I was saying, here's the disease with guys like you and me and everyone else who's watching this, right? You can be successful because you know, the tools, the tricks, the strategies, you can be successful doing anything, but that's a curse. <laughs> that's yeah. almost a curse because you can fall into the land of comfort and the land of comfort is I can continue doing exactly what I'm doing, but what you'll end up doing, you'll destroy that eventually to get back to doing what it is you really ultimately want to do. So this is why in 2018, when I had an agency that was doing about 6 million a year at, you know, and I was like, I mean, at like 25% profit margins, like I was doing great. Right. And we just made, we'd been on the Inc. 5000 a couple of times. I got the awards on the wall behind me Yeah. and I ended up selling it. I took the worst deal. I sold it for pennies of compared to what it was worth to a buyer on a two-year payout that I ended up getting screwed on. And it was, everybody was like, you're such an, like, why would you do that? You're such an idiot. And, but that creating that crisis for myself is what created the space and the, and the, the fuel and the, frankly, the, 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 oh shit feeling 
that led me to create Entra and do what I'm doing now, which is what I was supposed to be doing and what I actually wanted to do. So I think you're explaining why I did that. I, I am. And, and it's not that you're supposed to do. It's what you love to do. You love, to, love teach. to teach. Yeah, yeah you, you love to teach. You're an educator, man. And you're, you know, we're cut from the cloth in that same capacity. When we did our podcast, I was 100% like, that's what you are. You're a teacher inside mm -hmm. of it. That's what you are. So you're going to find a way to get to the point of teaching and entrepreneurship is of high value to you. So you're going to teach on entrepreneurship. Huh, go figure how that makes sense, yeah. right? Right? I'm a doctor. I love to help people heal and live healthy. And I love entrepreneurship. So what do I do? I teach entrepreneurs how to live inspired and maximize their performance so that they can live inspired. Like, huh, that convenient yeah. how that works. Yeah, it's like, like no brain, like, like duh. So yeah, when you see it, when you see it, it's like, oh, well, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah, all but the to way get to, to the that clarity. Yeah, to get to that clarity. And what's funny is, for me, it was sitting in front of me the whole time. Literally, my last name, Learner, comes. Yeah, I come is. from a line of actual, like the word learner is a Yiddish word that means scholar and teacher, one who oh, learns okay. to teach. And I'm like, duh, I should, you know, 40 years, I've been waiting to figure this out. So here's a question, though. Do you yeah. think, cause I get this, like, you know, I put a lot of content out around this socially, you know, on social media. And I'm like, yeah, I believe that everybody has this innate kind of genius and inspired place that they're waiting to unlock and to find. And even the show unlock your potential. It's like, what we're trying to do here is get people to this place that we're talking about. And so many people counter, they're like, yeah, but if everybody did that, then like nobody would, you know, clean the toilets, nobody would dig the ditches, nobody would serve the french fries, nobody, like if everybody was an entrepreneur, then there'd be nobody to hire. And, and you know, I go back and forth and I, I think that people, people don't see the world as it is, they see the world as they, the world as they are and whatever, I try not to take it too, too seriously. But, but my question is, do you, do you believe that every single person on earth has this place, this intersection of their values um, and, and their, their sort of their created identity and their calling as a thing to go do in the world? Or do you think there's some people that are meant to just work a job and, you know, trade time for money and that's the best they should aspire to because they're not meant to be, you know, entrepreneurs? Hey, sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to let you know, you can get a free copy of my book, The Millionaire Shortcut which shows you the fastest way to become a millionaire in the new economy. And there's a special link just for this episode in the description. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So let me dive into it in this way. I, I don't want to presuppose that someone being an employee is not someone who's inspired. Right. And just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean that you're inspired either. Right, so, right. Right, like I, I wouldn't sit and say that it's, you know, just because you're an entrepreneur, you're inspired. But... I think the highest point is an inspired entrepreneur, right? Like that's what I would say. But yeah, absolutely. Here's what I'll tell you is that the brain is stuck in the amygdala. And so those, and if you can't see, if you can't rewire it to see past that, to get clarity towards your prefrontal cortex and where you get certainty and you get organization, order, foresight inside of your brain, you'll sit and say, I can't see it. But, and a big but is this, is what I've, there's a process I do when I rewire the brain to actually rewire the amygdala, the hypothalamus, and the prefrontal cortex, the, all the entire brain. And when I do that, you actually get clarity on your mission. And when you do that, you understand why you're put here. Because every single person, 
Every single person has, and this is not my belief, it's just my organization of order in the brain. Because if we see it on the way, we create a teleologic approach of creativity and growth. If we see it in the way, we break ourselves down. So it's a choice of how we want to look at it. But if we sit and say and understand why what's happened to us helps us get us what we want, every person has a mission inside of it, has a reason inside of it. Now, if you're so stuck with your, what I call, root experiences, your, your thinking, you will not move your brain to be able to see it. So a lot of people will sit and say, well, yeah, every, I don't know what it is, and I, I can't see it. I, but they do. They just haven't been taken, had their hand held through a process that shows them what it can. And when they see it, they get nothing but tears of gratitude. The body heals, and they're, they're amazing clarity that they get in their life, and they start moving forward. I've seen people who are on the verge of suicide go out and create foundations after this. It's amazing. So the word, so the word that you used is mission. Every okay. single person does have a mission that, and, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. I want to make sure I'm getting this right. Yeah. Every single person has a mission that intrinsically derives from their, a combination of, of who they are, you know, genetically sort of at their core, but also yeah. their life experience. Completely. You're absolutely right. Every person has that. You can have extrinsic motivation or intrinsic motivation. I think you need both. I think you need both. And all the research I've done, intrinsically, you've got to be able to want to serve. Extrinsically, you've got to be able to receive and experience the rewards of your service, right? That's why those that are in entrepreneurship, there's a big challenge. Another big challenge I promise you that entrepreneurs in your community are going through is their relationship with money. Yeah. And oh, how yeah. they, that is a, a, an animal on its own. And this is why I'd like to open this can of worms up is that an entrepreneur who doesn't understand the value of money in its own with from service is virtually mm -hmm. on the brink of disaster because you have to provide service, which is the altruistic, your intrinsic self, the mission part of yourself that you're putting forward in order to receive, which is the material, the money, the, the matter. And then what we do is we're able to merge those two to create into the world because your business can't run without money. My business can't run without money, but we love to do what we love to do and serve humanity with it. But you need both components inside of a truly organized entrepreneurial business, as well as an entrepreneurial psychology, in my opinion. So there's a concept. Are you familiar with the Japanese concept of Ikigai? Have no. you ever heard that? So, okay. It's worth, I, I, I reference it a lot and I feel like it might be kind of where we're, where we're, we're orbiting right now. Um, the word ikigai, I think in, in Japanese, I'd have to actually, you know what? Hang on, I'm going to Google it. I don't want to say it wrong. Uh, ikigai, basically, it's the Japanese word for a reason for being. Oh, okay. It's, like, it's your cool. reason for being, right? You're, or in French, we'd say your raison d'être, right? Yeah. So, um, but the way I've heard it explained, and this was introduced to me by a, by the, a guy named Chris Doe, by the way. Oh. Great guy. I should totally connect you guys. He's a, he's, um, he runs. Oh my gosh. What is his, uh, organization that he runs the future is what it's called F, but it's F U T U R. So he leaves off the E big, what big YouTube channel. Anyway, like I said, I should connect you guys, but he's the one that introduced me to this concept. And there's four criteria for Ikigai. It is, uh, something you love doing. Yep. That the world actually needs that you're actually good at and that you can, and that people are willing to pay for. 
Okay. And that where those four things intersect, that that is, you know, you, you're looking for that. He's teaching people to find their ikigai. It kind of sounds like that we're saying almost that same thing. It's like your mission that's intrinsic to you, but there has to be some, and I guess this is a question. It, it, obviously, in order to get paid for something, there has to be a demand for it in the market, right? Does everybody's mission line up to some sort of need in the market? Or are there some people who like, they're like, listen, my mission is putting tattoos on goldfish and that's my mission, but you know, I'll just have to call it a hobby because nobody's ever gonna pay me for it. Well, that's just because they haven't learned from you and they haven't learned how to use the marketing and systems to be able to create the strategies to be able to do it. I, I've taken people with, you know, in some of my higher level programs, we teach people in a program called Impact, we teach people how to do inspired businesses. Like how do you, go do what it is you love to do and make it a business, right? There are strategies in this world with the digital medium that we have out there, there is no mm -hmm. way on earth that you can't turn something into a business, right? Like you've, you can turn anything into monetization if you can create the demand for it. Now here's the, and you know this in marketing as well. It's not, is there a demand? Is how do you create demand? Yes, well said. Right, so can you create demand so people want it and then when they want it, they get it, right? It's like the old saying, I didn't come up with it, but you know, sell them what they, they uh, want and give them what they need. Yeah. Eventually they'll realize that the truth is what they need. And so, but how do you create demand? I mean, there's courses, there's courses in your work and other people's work that, to learn to market it. But I think people mistake their, their ability to market as a reason saying that there's no demand out there. But today there's no way, you could take tattooing goldfish and turn it into an art form. Heck, you could turn it into an NFT. Right, <laughs> and turn money right. into it, right? Like, there's no way you can turn anything if you really think creatively enough. Yeah, and 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 this. So, so I asked you a question. I already had my, you know, pre preloaded answer to the question, but I, I wanted to get yours. And not surprisingly, we totally agree. Which is, you know, because I get this a lot from students because we have we have our processes, and people are like, yeah, you know, I I have this passion, but how do I, you know, how do I turn it into a business? I don't. I just don't see how there's any business there, right? But nobody, any passion, any mission that you, that you are on or that is a passion of yours that can be drawn out, it's always going to have evolved through solving some sort of problem for yourself. 100%. Right? And I don't think that any of us have a truly unique problem that no one else on earth has, right? Like if, you, if your problem was that, you can't stand the sight of a naked goldfish and you just had to figure out how to get a tattoo on there. Somebody else is going to have that problem too. Right. And You're so not alone. Yeah. If your mission is, it derives from solving a problem for yourself, which ever, you know, I challenge people to find a, a mission or a passion in your life that wasn't related to solving some sort of problem. And given that there are no unique problems, that means there's always, like to your point, a creatable demand for that solution because someone else has that problem too. I believe that. And I think that's what makes, you know, me be an entrepreneur because I believe that. I believe that, you know, they said that, you know, you don't give up a practice. You don't give up a, a multi-million dollar practice to go be, be a speaker and teacher, but that's what I was born to do. That's what I was designed to do. So you did the same it. thing. You had a multi-million dollar business that you basically walked away from. I sold it. You sold it. You probably got, you probably did a better deal than I did. <laughs> well, it, you know, I, I don't know that I did because in, in healthcare, right, 
you don't you don't get like a, a two or three x EBITDA. You get like a fifty or sixty percent of EBITDA. Right. Right. So like having a healthcare business on the exit is really not unless you have it where it's running without you completely. Like a which, hospital or something. Yeah, that's a completely yeah. different animal. Like these, we had practice. I had a practice. I had several other practices. And I eventually got rid of too, but it just was the, the exit was not as valuable inside of that. Right. Because somebody else so, has to step in and run it. They have to run it. They have to replace you. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So here. So do we think? And I swear, this is like this is a crap I think about as I'm falling asleep at night. I'm like, could we conceive of a world where? you know, 7.8 billion people or whatever the population is, where every single person is gainfully employed or engaged. I don't, maybe employed isn't the right word, but every single person on earth is engaged as their primary vocation in the thing that is their true aligned mission. It sounds utopian, but could that world exist? Okay, let's talk about that. It couldn't exist because their brains aren't designed. Everybody's brains aren't designed to want to see it, right? The people that are watching this podcast are the ones who are curious. If you stuck around for the last 35, 40 minutes and you're watching this and whatever it's been, you're, you're sitting there thinking, okay, there's more to this. That You understand yeah. you've been on the search, right? If by the first five minutes you watch this, you're like, ah, this is all crazy crap, I'm out. Like you're not on that search. So right. you've been asking yourself those questions, right? You're not sitting around, you know, waiting for your, your stimulus check. You want to go do something different inside that. Can everyone have their mission? Can everyone have a place where they can? Is it possible? Yes. Is it reality? No, because they're not going to ask the questions that are going to make them look for it. Yeah, you know, man, it's, it's so cool. And, and it's funny, I say this, probably 50% of every podcast I do, every interview I do, I, I reach a point where I'm like, man, it's so crazy. We're so aligned. Like, it's like we're thinking with the same brain, but it's because you're right. There's just, there's a certain archetype that goes out in the world and does the stuff that we're doing. And, and by the way, it's the audience too. Like we're all here. We're all kind of peas in a pod or, or birds of a feather, I guess. But I say this all the time. I don't, I know I can't save everyone, yeah. but I know I can save anyone. I love because that. Line. I just, oh, all I so need good. is people that are asking that question. I love that. I love that. I can't save everyone, but I can save every, I can save someone. Is that what you said? I can save anyone. I can save anyone. I but love I'll never that. save everyone. Cause not everyone I love wants that. Someone. I'm going to have to borrow that. That's so good. Yeah, it's all yours. So true. It's all yours, but, it, but it that's so what we're true. saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's define then the prerequisite. And, and obviously I'm not, it's not like Messiah thing. Like we're not saving anyone. We're, we're just communicating and sharing tools yeah. that people can use for the, for themselves. But, but what but would me, you say me, are the prerequisites? Step further. Cause you okay. are saving people. Hey, let me like, don't take away from it because you are saving people. Let me, let me just go a little doctory just for a second. The number one cause of psychological disorder and stress in people's elderly age is financial. Number one cause is financial. Financial stress increases cortisol levels. Mm -hmm. Cortisol levels increase to weight, increases to heart issues, high blood pressure, diabetes. All these conditions come from an imbalanced psychology, but also when their finances and their business, and their life is not in place. So I would not take away from you, brother, that 
you are not saving people because you are you're opening the door to for, for people to have a financial future that they wouldn't have had before so you are saving them from a life that they don't even you they don't even see it yet because we se- here's the problem we separate business and health as two separate things and mm-hmm. i'm saying they're not they're one thing and we've got to align them if not we're going to have more entrepreneurs sick and mental health disorders than ever before well, once again, I'll say it's uncanny how aligned we are. You know, we're, we talk about the three P's, physical, personal, and professional, the three P's of success, that how you do one thing is how you do everything, and they all have to operate in concert. And, and it's so true. I, I completely believe it. But I never really, I'm not sure I've really thought about it in those terms, that, that at a very almost pedantic level, financial stress leads to legitimate hormonal 100%. endocrinological, oxidative, neurological problems that correlates to metabolic syndrome and 100%. you know other health, uh, blood pressure, whatever. I'm getting, I'm getting in over my head. I'm not a, I'm not a health <laughs> med- yes, medical. Yes, you're person. right. But like, yeah, you're right. It's literally, it's almost like a cluster, like a, like when they talk about a syndrome where it's like a kind of a conjunction of, of symptoms or pathologies, it's almost like there's a financial health syndrome. There is, and, and like that's why in my world I start people and when they come into my world I talk I start with finances first trying to rewire their money because if they don't handle that like that's a major problem that they're going to have it's a major challenge you're going to have in their life and you you've got to take care of money inside because money is the barometer of survival in this world so, it's a value of resource so 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 yes thank you I, I completely agree and I, and I and I accept you're right that in a way we're at the very least I'll say we are really are giving the people giving people the tools to to be saved you're right at, at literally the level of like health and mortality yeah. but what do you feel like are the prerequisites like when we say we can't save everyone but we, we can save anyone what's the differentiator like what are the prerequisites that puts them in the camp of people that are ready to have this amazing life? I think number one, I, 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 <laughs> I'll say it this way. Um, I think first they got to ask the question. They got to be willing to question, number one. Number two, they've got to will- be willing to put value. And what I mean by that is they got to be willing to pay because nobody wants anything for free. Nobody's going to do anything for free. And the more value you're willing to put on it, the more you're willing to pay for it, the more you're going to get the outcome on the other side. I can tell you that I used to do this work and the same things I'm teaching people today that we charge thousands of dollars for, I was teaching for free and I'd get nobody at my attendance in my seminars. Now mm-hmm. we charge money and we get thousands of them. And so money opens the door for people to really value what it is you have. So you got to be able to value it. And I think number three, and I think this is the hardest one people don't like to do, is they got to put in the work. It's not simple, right? That's why I love health and fitness because it is a direct reflection of the work you put into it. You can't lie. You can't lie about your health and fitness. You just can't. Yeah. And you can lie about your, your money. You can lie. You can have Ferraris on loan for the day. You can put debt and all that stuff. But you can't lie about health and fitness. And you've got to do the work behind it. You really do. Longevity is a thing that's real. And, you know, and they, the studies are showing if you can live for the next five to 10 years, you'll be able to live an extra 40 to 50 years. It's amazing what they're doing with longevity and health, but we're gonna have to take care of this together. I'll give you an example of this, right? Like we have all this stuff with mental health disorders. 
mental health disorder is not a disorder. And, and I mean to be in the most, I say that in the most gentle, loving way, because people are struggling and I'm not, I'm not taken away from it. But it's not a psychological thing. 94% of the serotonin, which is the feel-good hormone, is made in your stomach. So if you're not taking care of your stomach yeah. and what you're putting into your stomach, then you're going to think like crap. So it's not, a, it's not just a mental thing. It's a mind-body thing. You need to be whole in order to lead your entrepreneurial business at the highest level. And if you think that, okay, I'm going to think a certain way, but I'm going to go eat McDonald's three times a day and go thrive, you've got a whole different animal coming your way. You've got to connect all pieces of the puzzle. That's why I love entrepreneurship. It's every piece of the puzzle has to work in harmony. And yeah. what you're doing is such an important component of that. Yeah. You know, I had uh, Dr. Stephen Gundry on the show. Nice. Who wrote, yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with, yeah, obviously. Course, and and without, we, it was a great, we talked so much. I mean, it was mostly about gut health and, yeah. um, you know, all Hippocrates said, all, all illness begins in the gut. But like, it is, it is crazy. Your, to your point, yeah, the amount of whether it's problems with sleep, problems with depression, problems with anxiety, so much of that is rooted to to gut health. Um, so, sorry, so back up. So we were talking about the prerequisites, and you said willingness to ask the question. Uh, willingness to do the work and what was kind of, I think, what was the second one? Second one was willing to pay for it. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And you know, it's funny you said that because I, I tell people this all the time. I was like, your money is how you tell me how much value you're expecting to get from whatever we're going to do. Yep. If you don't want to pay for it, what you're telling me is I am expecting to get nothing from this. That's right. So I'm not going to do it because I'm not in the business of giving you nothing. So, so anyway, I, I love that you said that. Um, but, and you know, it's interesting about health. Let's talk about this for a sec. Like just taking care of yourself physically. You know, one of the biggest things I see with people when they start going this road of, and it's not always like to your point, it's not necessarily starting a business per se, but it's, it's living in congruence, living in, in accordance with their mission and finding their, their created calling or whatever language we want to put on it, right? As people start to go down this road, one of the things I detect is they, there's a point of uncertainty where they're like, yeah, but well, I don't, maybe they're not seeing it working or they're not getting the wins or they're not getting results fast enough and they get, and, and they get hesitant and they stop pushing because it's like they're not seeing the results, right? In, in, in other words, and, and then you'll start to hear language like, well, I just need a proven formula or I just need to find somebody else that's done it so that I can copy what they did. It's like they're looking for a guarantee that if they do this work, then this result will happen, right? Sure. And that's human nature. But you know what I always say to that person? Why are you so out of shape? Because inevitably, that person that, all, that, want, that, that says to me, hey, I would take more action if I had a guarantee that the action was going to get me the result that I wanted, inevitably, almost invariably, without exception, that person's not in very good shape. And you know what that tells me? That even when they have a guarantee that certain actions will lead to a certain result, they still find excuses not to take action. Because I can guarantee that person that if they'll eat less and they'll work out more, they'll get in shape. And they're not even doing that. Sure. One of my old business partners, he, he wrote a book called Die Fat or Get Tough. And he was on... Um, 
Good Morning mm. America with it. And, and that's exactly what he was saying. He's like, follow a diet, follow a system, and stick to it, and you will get healthier. There's no question about it. See, the thing is, is that the way that we, as you said, that the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. If we, but if health is a value and business is a value, then you'll organize your life to grow in those capacities. You'll, you'll make it a value inside that. But if you don't value health, then you don't grow. Here's, in my experience, here's what I've learned, is that when you value and appreciate yourself for who you are and doing what it is you love to do, you'll begin to value your health more and you'll begin to value money more. It's, they're byproducts mm. because you'll start to realize, hey, look, if I love to bake cookies or bake, you know, be a farmer, let's just call it being a farmer, then what I want to do is I want to have more energy in my life so that I can be, a, if I can farm more and for a longer period of time. And I know I need to have more money in my life so that I can continue to farm, that I can live the length that I want to and make the choices on how much I want to farm. Like those two things become byproducts of you actually living an inspired life. That's the observation I've made over the years inside this. And those people that actually are thriving in their life, in their, in their elder years, have those two things in common. I used to, in practice, I used to have a lot of elderly patients. And there was this, Jeff, this was unbelievable. Like they would come to me to get their backs fixed, necks fixed, all this stuff, right? Like in, in the type of treatment they did. But to me, I was interviewing them. Like for years, I got to interview all these people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. My oldest patient was 106. Hmm. And the people that were in their 70s, 60s and 70s, and I'd have one question I'd ask them. I'd sit and say, who's responsible for your health? Meaning who's paying for it? Right. And they'd invariably, inevitably end up saying the insurance company or the or Medicare, the government, or someone else is paying for it. And the ones that were 85 and above, I'd ask them the same question, and they say, I'm responsible for it. The people that were said other people are responsible for it, they were on the most drugs, most medications, most they'd come in with bags full of pills. The ones who said I'm responsible for it were barely on any drugs or medications. And they're 80 and they're older, they're 85 and over. Hmm. So as an entrepreneur, if you're looking at your life and saying, okay, I'm not taking care of my health, I'm not taking care of where I'm at, then the chances are you're not inspired in doing what it is you love to do. And you got to use the systems of Jeff, but then you get your brain rewired to the organization to know this is who I am and why I do what I do. Then build the franchising or your own franchise, not a franchise, an old system underneath it so that you can grow with that. That's kind of what I would say. So... So since we're unfortunate, and this has flown by, I didn't, I'm like shocked to say like, oh, we're wow. actually, I got a call. <laughs> yeah, we're like out of time. So let me ask this uh, to kind of, to kind of tie this up in a, in a pretty little bow. Um, obviously you have a process and, and at the end of this, I want you to share how people can get to know you better, go through your process, get your content, whatever you have to offer in the world. I want everybody to get all of it. But prior to that, let me ask this for the person who's like, hearing all this and they're fired up and they're like, yes, I want to find my mission and I want to live that life where, where I'm on mission and I'm, 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 I'm alive every day and I'm well compensated for it because they all, things all line up. Is there, is there a, like, what's the starting point for that person? So what is it, what's something they can do just to get a little bit of traction on their own? Yeah. A couple of things. Let me, so there's, 
you know, what I'll do is for your community, if you're interested, I'll, I'll open up. We do a program called Financial Rewire. And okay. normally it's 4 97 a month, but I do a promo for certain programs, things like that. And I'll just do a gift. For anybody who wants to come, just go to drtgift.com, and it'll give them two months of that program, just my gift to you guys. And then wow. You guys what, what was that domain? It's drtgift.com. Cool. Uh, we'll so, grab that link, obviously, and put it in the... Uh, yeah, the, the team the, will get that to you. Yeah. And you guys can just use that and start that. And that'll begin the rewiring process around money, right? It'll help open the doors around money. And you'll start seeing, we have people that go through their program in three, four weeks, start making ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a month if they do the work. If you don't do the work, nothing's going to happen. That's just the reality of it, number one. Um, you can go... The other thing I would recommend people to do to get to your values and your identity and your mission is come to a three-day event I do. It's in May. It's called Total Rewire. I believe it's May 16th, 17th, 18th, whatever it is, it's that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and in those three days, I promise you a life-changing experience. It's all virtual. You don't have to come live. You do it mm. from the comfort of your home. And um, we will, you will get clarity and understanding on who you are, why you do what you do, and you'll walk away with certainty and know what to do with it. And then take that and apply that to the programs that Jeff is putting in place, and you've got a combination of... Uh, power inside that for sure. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, thank you. I'm looking at the, the page right here, drtgift.com. Thank you for uh, this. This is a really generous offer. About a thousand dollar value offer right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Take advantage of it. Okay. And so on that note then, where uh, how can people go get to know you better and, and get your content and your product? Yeah, you go to uh, you go socially to dr.rewire. Those are my social handles everywhere. Um, you can go to drrewire.com and uh, or you can go to drtgift.com and start your process either way, whatever way cool. is easiest. Hey, it's Jeff here. If you liked this episode of Unlock Your Potential, it would mean so much if you would like and share the episode on whatever platform you're listening or viewing on. And if you really like what we're doing here and you enjoy this podcast, please consider leaving a review. There is so much work that goes into these episodes and you leaving a positive review lets us know that that work is reaching people and especially it helps us reach other people your review could be the reason that someone else decides to tune in check out this podcast and unlock their potential and ultimately level up the quality of their life so thank you thank you thank you so much for your support and for listening especially if you like or share or leave a review thank you for helping us spread the word and thank you for unlocking your potential to go make the world and your world a better place